Hey, Jason, it's the Pink Phantom again. I uh, just wanted to let you know that the Anchor Apocalypse is upon me. And uh, I my phone basically tapped out last week, had to get a new phone. And so now I have the new and improved Anchor app without the without the favorites tab. So I can no longer send messages from my phone. I'm a little bummed about that. And also, I did notice uh, on this message there was a little delay in it finding my microphone and in sending messages. So now that I'm doing it from the website, so I'm wondering if it's going to be the same result as uh, trying to use the web app on my phone. Uh, you know, let me know what it sounds like. Sounds good to me, Phantom. That, of course, is the Pink Phantom of the Phantom Thoughts podcast. Go check it out. The Phantom is taking part in OSR October. Lots of good stuff over there. But as far as sound quality and ease of use, you know, I've set up a Google Voice, which is great in the Google Voice number, so people can make phone calls, That which is great in the U.S., but it's not so good for international listeners. The SpeakPipe I've set up works worldwide, so I think SpeakPipe's a really good option. And they have a free account that can do 90-second messages, which is pretty good. The other options are, of course, what you've done here, which is calling in through the web browser, which can work if you have a good connection. With a bad connection, it can, we can have problems, as we've heard in the past. The other thing with the web browser you mentioned is that sometimes there's a delay in it starting recording. So, folks, if you use the web browser, always listen to your message. I tend to wait two seconds before I start talking because otherwise it'll clip off the t front of what I'm saying. So be aware of that. The other options, of course, are to use a voice memo app on your device, record it, and either email it to the podcaster or to send it to them if you're in a Discord, if you you know share a Discord with them or something like that. So there are a number of options out there. I kind of maybe would like to see SpeakPipe become the standard because it's pretty easy. I know it's not super easy for everybody. Some people have had issues with the app. But for me, it seems to work pretty good. But I'm ha I know I'm happy to receive messages, however. And I'm curious to see how the landscape evolves because you can't escape the Anchorpocalypse. Well, pops up a beer or a cold libation. I can tell you how I wrote this little thing. I went and took a call from brother Jason. And he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast. And I ask him, what you got? He said, I'll start off with some talking and some moody clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the box come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. I said, slow down, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Have a full show for you today. We have some phone calls. You already heard the pink phantom there at the top of the show. We also have a call from Joe Richter of Hindsightless. After that, we have a special guest coming on who's sponsoring the October contest. So I'll talk with our guest about the October contest, give you the all the details on that. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about Holly Weird. I watched the new Munsters movie, Rob Zombie's Munsters, so you don't have to. Finally, I'm going to end the show with a mega unboxing I did 
in case I hadn't survived surgery, so you would still have content. Luckily, you know, I did survive surgery, at least as far as I know, it's still me. But I didn't want that unboxing just to go and, you know, be wasted, so I'm including it for your listening pleasure. Let's get to it. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house. Yo, what up, dude? Uh, awesome. You know, I'm glad you put out there about Coolio. Man, he was only 59 years old. Uh, all the reports so far don't, they don't, suspect any drugs or any overdose at all looks like it was natural cause 59 years old man i don't know coolio was around for a lot of really awesome awesome moments in my life uh during when i was at chico just partying hard we coolio was there for a lot of it right uh back in the what would that have been the the very late 90s early 2000s um, yeah, man, uh, that, that one hit me hard, harder than I suspected. I was, I was pretty bummed about that. So thank you for mentioning that. Uh, thank you for plugging my show. Yeah. If you want to talk about economics, like capitalism, you can, if you want to talk about politics, like communism, you can, or if you want to talk about economics, like socialism, you can, we can, we can do all that stuff on my show, <laughs> but yeah, Jason, you're talking about how some of the rich people now weren't rich anymore what sort of things would we lose due to their philanthropy uh from a sheer friggin percentage of how much they've spent compared to how much they have we'd be missing next to nothing <laughs> seriously man uh so yeah I, I i think that would actually be a real good thing the redistribution of wealth is a good thing anyway dude peace out <laughs> Joe, thank you for always for calling in. Of course, Joe has an excellent hindsightless podcast. To my knowledge, he's not overly participating in OSR October. We'll see if he gives in and mentions it or not. But if you want to talk about OSR October, if you want to talk about economics, if you want to talk about people redistributing your wealth, then go over to hindsightless, and Joe is happy to field all those calls. Joe, you know I love you, and I do appreciate your calling in. Um, thank you for sharing your memories of Coolio. Really appreciate that. And J folks, Joe and I mess around. Joe and I are pretty good friends. I'm playing in his Pathfinder game. He plays in my games. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a good example of how you don't have to have 100% the exact same views to still get along and game. And, you know, I mean, just respect each other's people. That's all it takes. And remember, folks, if you sent a call in to Jason and you haven't heard it on this episode, have no fear. It will appear. Okay, let's get on to our contest announcement. Joining me today to announce our next contest, we have another sponsor. This next contest is sponsored by the Ge Geomologist Presents podcast. And here to represent Geomologist Presents 
is a geomologist himself, Dr. Carl Rodriguez. How are you doing today, Carl? I'm doing great today. And I think this is October. So, you know, we think October, Halloween, horror. And uh, the sponsored products I have are sci-fi in nature. So let's have the contest be, what is your favorite sci-fi horror movie? Okay. And I think we've discussed earlier that you and I have our picks. So we'll say them at the beginning. But, uh, you know, we encourage everyone to think outside the box and and pick their favorite sci-fi horror. Um, the particulars of the prize, you know, other than the match donation that Jason will always do, um, I think October is probably some prime medical uh, condition that is sponsored in October, likely some sort of cancer. Cancer is all over the place. I, you know, our foundation that my wife and I have, the Crush Foundation, usually supports cancer and are advocates for, you know, patients and their families. But, uh, you know, you can choose whatever match donation you wish. But on top of that, uh, I have some traveler products. I have some very unique traveler products that are out of print that I happen to have, you know, that I will be donating to the contest. And these are High Passage number three, four, and five, approved for use with Classic Traveler and written by the, uh, the famous Jay Andrew and William Keith. The Keith brothers did a lot of amazing work for Classic Traveler uh, through FASA, a third-party traveler. But uh, the High Passage is a pretty awesome. And I actually noticed in number three, there's a, a sort of sci-fi horror adventure. So um, uh, that's pretty cool. And then on top of that, I'll throw in um, from New Traveler. So I think the amazing thing about Traveler is that from Classic Traveler to Mongoose Traveler, everything seems to be generally backwards compatible. So uh, for New Traveler, Mongoose Traveler 2, a great rift adventure, number one, Islands in the Rift. And there's definitely a lot of horror themes of weird stuff that goes on in the deep, dark places um, that you can't really get to very easily, and at least in the Traveler verse. So, so I think the only non-compatible Traveler stuff you, you can't use is like Traveler, the Traveler D20, and also there's a Traveler Hero. But but this is generally great for classic Traveler. I know a lot of listeners uh, out there play classic Traveler, but up to Mongoose Traveler. So that'll be um, what we're donating to the contest. Well, that's great. I really appreciate your sponsoring this, Carl. I Those are the great prizes, and I think it's a great contest you've come up with. I think one caveat I should put out there is I, I know recently Kevin over at the Raycast podcast, he's got a thing going on where he's he's doing a matching donation. Typically, historically, that hasn't been the case here. What I will do is I'm going to, you know, the, the winner and I will get together. We'll decide on a on a charity we can agree on. And then, you know, I'm going to throw 30 bucks into the charity. And of course, if the winner wants to throw money in themselves, they definitely can. But But I'll be donating money, you know, in their name for it. Um, and we'll probably donate money as well to that charity through the Crush Foundation. Okay. Well, that's great. Or, folks, if 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 you're not really sure on the charity, we could, you and I, donate money to the Crush Foundation because it's going to put money back into, you know, good charitable work as well. So, I, you know, the Crush Foundation is something I've donated money to in the past, and I'd be happy to donate to it again. Okay. I um, guess we get to talk about our picks. We do, but I before we do that, really quickly, the other thing I want to mention is that no, now I lost my train of thought. Um, I'll edit this out. What was I gonna? Where's I going with that? Oh, I know where I was going with that. The other thing I want to mention is not only is Carl offering these, I, we we don't want to turn any 
winners off. We don't want to turn any potential contestants off. So we are going to ship these prizes anywhere in the world. So no matter where you are in the world, feel free to enter this contest. And if you win, we will ship these Traveler products to you. So don't feel that just because you happen to be in Japan or you happen to be in, you know, wherever, that you can't enter this contest because you very definitely can. So I, I want to make that clear. But yeah, I think we're at the point where we want to talk about horror movies, sci-fi horror movies, and and we're each going to pick one. We're not obviously we could list a whole bunch off, but that wouldn't be fair to you, the listener. But we're going to throw w- one out each. Um, Carl, go ahead with yours. Yeah, I think uh, me the uh, the quintessential horror movie, sci-fi horror movie for me is Alien from 1979, the Ridley Scott. Uh, alien movie uh but i mean amazing group of actors sigourney weaver tom scarrett john hurt henry dean stanton yafet koto ian holm right bilbo baggins is in this movie right so you know uh, he he's ash in that movie spoiler mm-hmm. but uh but it was, it was a, a fantastic sci-fi horror i mean i guess now it would be considered retro sci-fi right because they have it's not digitized and 3D, you know, emulation. It's all, you know, sort of analog looking, everyone's smoking. <laughs> right. so, uh, but uh, it, it definitely has that 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 sort of sci-fi horror buildup, you know, the uh, looking at the unknown, strange things happen, you know, it's got body horror, uh, and it's got that the famous Geiger alien, right? So uh, a lot of tension. Um, there's no qualms about uh, killing major actors and major characters in this uh, movie. And uh, I think, you know, it's definitely, um, it's a good thing that, that I saw this as part of a double feature when I first saw it way back in the theater. Um, and the, the the double feature that went after it was Zardoz. So it was nice and lighthearted, <laughs> although hella weird, but uh, that's a different contest. Um, but Alien, it, for me, is a quintessential sci-fi horror movie. I agree. It's It's one of Ridley Scott's best movies. It still stands up today. Like you say, it's an amazing, amazing cast. The sets for the Nostromo work really well, even today. You, mm-hmm. you know the it, and and, and you say yeah, it, it gets it, it acts as a as a retro feel now, but at the time it you know it wasn't. It was you know the smoking was well. These are blue collar workers in space kind of thing, right? Yeah. But but it's one of those things. That it it still works today. So it, it's almost a time timeless and almost a perfect movie. So yeah, I I I can't endorse that enough. Now, that's a sci-fi horror movie in space, so I'll throw out a sci-fi horror movie on Earth, and I'll throw out The Thing by John Carpenter. So this is 1982 film. Of course, you, you know, you're all probably seeing this. Kurt Russell, you, you know, Wilford Brimley, uh, Keith David, you know, you know, not as great, great actors, but not, you know, as wide a great cast as Alien has. But the cast in the thing all do a great job. The dog does a great job there in the beginning. Um, the just amazing stuff, amazing uh, special effects work. Of course, both these movies are pre CGI, so both these movies have practical effects, which really enhance both movies quite a bit. Both are in enclosed locations, so they both have that claustrophobic feel at times. Uh, Alien a little bit more than the thing, but both of them kind of tap into that kind of thing where you're trapped with it. You know, you're trapped in there with whatever it is that's after you. Right. Um, and, and then the, one of the great things with the thing, of course, is the fact that it doesn't shy away from that, you know, the ending of the movie, um, which right. is great. And, and ambiguous ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to give major spoilers here. Hopefully everybody's already seen these movies, 
but they yeah both these are, are you know i think great movies the thing is you know still interesting enough i don't remember i think alien did pretty good when it came out um i don't know if you remember carl Alien. the thing bombed when it came out but it has gotten popularity and gotten acceptance and recognition since it came out but i i think alien was you know, on the top the whole time was it was alien. I mean, I'm oh. gonna look at the numbers. That's how yeah. it says. Um, alien. So I did, like. I, I just saw the thing. The thing grossed like 19.6 million. So that's not super great, even for back then. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the thing didn't do well in the initially. It wasn't received the, well, but it obviously now it's I, considered a masterpiece. Yeah, I I can't find. Well, maybe in the wiki. Oh, oh, yeah, it's great in the box office. 184 million at the box office. Yeah, so on an 11 million dollar budget, right. so that's that's a times that's a lot. That's yeah, more that, than that, times 10, right? So that's yeah, blockbuster. That's, yeah, yeah, that's great. So yeah, two two great films, and and pick whatever you want, folks. Let let us know your and and you know what? If you're not into movies, if there's a sci-fi anime, or even if you you know if you don't watch it, if you only read sci-fi stories, if you if if you want to pick a sci-fi horror story, that's fine too. But let us know. Um, we're, yeah, we're sci-fi really horror property, I guess, would be the the right mm-hmm. sci-fi horror property. Could even sure. be a, since it's an RPG podcast, a, a sci-fi horror RPG. You know, there's quite a few out there mm-hmm. um, right now. So uh, yeah, call yeah, us. Let want us to talk about that. Yeah, call us. Let us know what your favorite sci-fi property, whatever it is, is. You know, and, and maybe just a, a little bit why it's your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. And so today. That this episode is being released on the seventh of October, and the next one. So let's see. We'll do the award show for this. Will come out on October thirty first. So I think we'll need all the entries in no later than October twenty eighth. So the deadline will be twenty eighth October. Um, you have to get these in. Of course, you can send them in all the standard ways. You can go to my show notes. It has every way to reach me. Speak pipe, Google voice number. You can send a message through Anchor. You can send an email. You can reach me out to me, to me through Discord. A bunch of ways to get a to get an entry in. So send those entries in. We have some real prizes. Plus, we're going to donate money to a charity. So it's all for a good cause. And um, Carl, again, I want to thank you so much. For sponsoring this it's it's you know it's it's humbling to have you come on and want to do that on my show and i really appreciate it yeah i think i mean why not share these products so they don't wallow away on my shelf uh someone else can benefit and have fun with them they're really nice products actually so great well, well thank you again so much i look forward to having you back on for the award show all right okay see you soon I know most people love unboxings, Jason Hobbs especially, but before we get to that, I want to talk about Holly Weird a little bit. I am a big fan of media, as you guys know. I watch a lot of movies, watch a lot of TV, and to be honest, I am typically pretty unjudgmental. Um, I can find something to like in just about everything, 
and such is the case with Rob Zombie's Munsters. This is a 2022 production, just came out September 27th on Netflix. This was originally made bankrolled by Universal, and when they saw it, they decided to sell it off to Netflix, <laughs> who put it up direct to streaming. Um, it stars Jeff Daniel Phillips, Sherry Moon Zombie, it's Rob Zombie's wife, as I'm sure you probably know, Daniel Roebuck, and of course we get Richard Brake in there as Dr. Henry Augustus Wolfgang, which is great to see, and Sylvester McCoy comes in as Igor. This is an interesting film. Rob Zombie loves the Munsters. And Rob Zombie has a following, without doubt. I mean, I like some a lot of... I like a lot of Rob Zombie stuff, actually. But Rob Zombie stuff is definitely a certain taste. It's not for everybody. And this is not his typical fare. He definitely harkens back to the Munsters, the TV show. And the, the best thing I can say about this $40 million production is... If you can go back and turn on the Munsters, the original show, and watch an episode of that, and you're giving belly laughs throughout that episode, you're really enjoying the episodes, and you can watch the Munsters and still really laugh at it, then you should definitely check this out. If you go back and watch the Munsters and you're like, yeah, that humor just doesn't do it for me anymore, then you should avoid this movie like the plague. This, he tries to emulate the humor from the TV show. That's what this is. This is actually a prequel. I'm not going to give spoilers here. This isn't a spoiler. It's in all the media stuff. It's in the trailer and everything. This is a prequel to the TV show, but it's set in modern day, which is kind of weird. So it's set in modern day Transylvania. This is where Herman meets Lily. So the kids, are, you know, Eddie and Marilyn aren't in this at all. Um, but we have Grandpa and we have Lily and we have Herman. Um, and it's... I mean, it is what it is, right? It's, so it's weird because it sets up and ends with them. Well, it sets up where it could lead into the TV show, except for the fact that this is set 60 years ahead of the TV show in the timeline. So I don't know how that exactly works. But if you really love the TV show and you really can laugh and laugh and laugh at all the annex in the TV show, then probably check this out, seriously. If you don't, then I, I don't know if it's for you because it's, you know, it's as close to a G-rated thing as Rob Zombie has ever done. It's not really G-rated. It's probably closer to PG, but it, it not, but not by far. This is right on the humor level and the, and all of the show. It really is. It's not, not lots of curse words, not lots of, you know, yet, you know, nudity, any of that kind of stuff. Um, it's. It's aimed at kids, but I don't know that kids are really going to enjoy it. I don't know. But that's my review of Rob Zombie's The Monsters. If you want to check it out, check it out. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie does not ruin this movie. She does fine, just like she does in most roles. She's, you know, a passable actress. I, I don't mean to be mean. I, she's never jumped out of the screen at me and said... You know, she was the best part of a movie, but I've never had her ruin a movie. I hear people complain about Sherry Moon Zombie and how she ruins movies and can't act. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think she's perfectly fine as an actress, but I I don't know. It, it, this is a hard one to recommend, folks, so you may be better off spending your time elsewhere. Or put this on the background while you're doing something else, like maybe vacuuming.
Okay, I I can't resist. I'm going to go just a teeny weeny rant here. Not really a rant, but just it confounds the mind, right? So they throw Rob Zombie $40 million to make this that nobody asked for except Rob Zombie. And I, but they make a Batgirl movie that's what, $90 million. Now there's a different studio, I realize. But Warner Brothers makes this Batman, Batgirl movie. Batgirl movie has big names in it. It has Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, for gosh sakes, right? The thing is all filmed and done, and they decide, oh, we're just going to put it on the shelf and not show it to anybody. We're just going to eat it as a tax loss. Now, you can't tell me there's more of an... Even, by all accounts, the Batgirl movie is not good. But neither is the Monsters movie, right? And... I mean, I appreciate the Monsters movie, and Rob Zombie succeeded in what he wanted to do. He wanted to do a prequel for the TV show using the same humor levels of TV show, and he succeeds. So kudos to him for that. But, you know, this Batgirl movie, even if it's not good, more people are going to watch that than are going to watch the Monsters because more people want to see Bat want to see Michael Keaton come back in the Batman costume, right? We want to see Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne. And Brandon Frazier's in it. I mean, Brandon Frazier's going to be, or was, the Firefly. You know, I mean, it boggles the mind that we we take this Batgirl movie and chuck it in the trash, but we put the monsters up. And and I'm not even down on the monsters. I, I just think it's for a very select audience, like Rob Zombie himself. But it that doesn't mean it's bad if if you view it as it is what it is. But the idea that Hollywood just throws away perfectly good projects and bankrolls other things that nobody wants, it's like these constant reboots. You, you know, Joe Salvador of Raven God Games, good friend, is very excited for this Nosferatu remake that's going to be happening by um, Roger Eggers, or Robert Eggers, darn it, I should know this. The guy that did The, Vit, the Witch, you know, where it looks like two Vs and The Lighthouse and The Northman. And Eggers is a great filmmaker. I, I'm a big fan of Roger Eggers, and I will definitely go see the Nosferatu remake, right? Robert Eggers. That's It's Robert. But do we need... And, and I talked with Joe about this a little bit. I don't think he'll be offended by me saying this. Do we really need a Nosferatu remake, honestly? I, I mean, Joe brings up brought up some good points there. The Kinski remake isn't necessarily anything special. And while Shadow the Vampire's pretty cool, it's something slightly different, right? And it, folks, check out Shadow of the Vampire. It is pretty awesome. I would recommend it over the Kinski remake as well. But do we need all these remakes? Do we need the Snake Plissken prequel? Do we need to know how Snake Plissken loses his eye? No, we don't. Yeah, it's like the Han Solo movie. Did we? Was that a horrible, horrible movie? No. Did we need it? No. Make new stuff. Quit remaking stuff, Hollywood. What are you thinking? And if you're going to do continuations of stuff, then do it right. I mean, they, I mean, they did. Well, I won't give a spoiler there. The, but, I don't know. Hollywood just frustrates me sometimes. And and yeah, that's it. So I know that's a really weak rant, but it, it's just, I don't know. I guess that's why they call it Hollyweird. So, folks, this um, the first part of the unboxing was recorded 
the night before surgery. So there may be comments in there about the uncertainty of whether I wake up from the anesthesia, but you know, I did. So just and any comments in the unboxing about my potential passing are greatly exaggerated. So here we go. Got a whole bunch of stuff here. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Have no clue what all's here. Okay, here we go. I've got a this is a book probably. It's from Bellwether Books from Pennsylvania. Let's see what's in here. I'm not I'm just gonna rip this package open, I think. Yep, I'm strong enough to rip this one open. That's good. Oh, okay. This is stuck in the package. Okay, this is a book called Cheyenne Summer by Terry Mort. And Cheyenne Summer is the Battle of Beecher Island to history. Beecher Island, of course, is one of the famous battles where the breech-loading rifle made a decisive difference. Um, and in in the West with the American Indian Wars. So Beecher's Island's always been of interest to me. I keep dropping the phone as I try to talk into it. So that'll be an interesting book to read. Look forward to digging into that. Uh, the Wagon Box Fight is another famous, you, you know, with the early breech loading rifles where they made a big difference. Okay, next up, we have a priority mail package from... Secret Buys 1. Ooh, sounds interesting. Now with this one, I'm actually going to use my Swiss Army Tinker Model Knife to open this. It's one of those USPS priority mail, mailing envelopes. It was just easier to cut it open. To find... Another mailing envelope inside. So this one... Luckily, opened up easily. And now we have some books with bubble wrap and cardboard to protect them. That's always good. So let's see if we can get in here and see what we have. Maybe. Oh, now I have to cut some more tape. Again, this is where the Swiss Army knife comes in handy. Okay. Oh, excellent. Okay. So one of the expansions, I've been slowly rebuilding my Palladium collection, and for Rifts, there were was an expansion for Rifts, a collaboration, maybe the only other company other than Savage Pinnacle with Savage Worlds, but back in the day, the only company they let use the Rifts license to print a game was Mirbadon Press. And Mirbadon Press did Rift's Manhunter. And that's based on their Manhunter game. And it's a sci-fi game where, you know, sci-fi bounty hunters, cybernetic bounty hunters and aliens, things like that. So this is Mirbadon Press's Rift's, bounty, or Rift's Manhunter, which is one, one of the very few licensed non-Palladium Rift's books out there. And yes, we have the Savage Worlds Rifts now, but th that's kind of different. So the other book in here is I decided 
there aren't that many of the original Manhunter books that Miramadon Press did. So I figured I would collect that line. So we also, in this package, have Manhunter, the game of Bounty Hunter in the Far Future by Miramadon Press. This is the core book. And then we have Manhunter Into the Bloodhood, a supplement for the Manhunter role-playing game. So, very cool. Um, I've not read these books. I can't really tell you anything about the world or anything else at this point, but figured it'd be something neat to collect. Now I have one from, I think that's somebody's name, so I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to open it again with a Swiss Army knife. Another one of these packaging envelopes. Ooh, and this one, no bu bubble wrap in this one. I want to be careful I don't cut anything trying to open this up. Including myself. The So the Palladium books that are still available, I'm not really... I, I mean, I bought some things like the original Rifts and all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, you know, the books they don't make anymore. All the... Well, that's not true. Not all the Robotech. I have almost all the Robotech books. I still have like four, three or four Robotech books on the complete Robotech collection from Palladium. But I'm not sure. Wow, this is really packed in here good. This is, uh, got it. Okay, this is another Manhunter expansion. This one is called Cosmic Enforcers, super-powered science fiction role-playing game. So, you know, let's see. Let's read the back press here. Mirabadon Press puts in control of techno-powered superheroes and villains in a hardcore science fiction future of the year 2025. Wow, the distant future, 2025. Earth Central sits at the head of the table of the Galactic Alliance, a coalition government of the Milky Way's seven known races. After years of warfare, peace finally reigns, but not for long. Dark forces have gathered their power, waiting for the perfect time to strike down the Alliance and restore chaos in the universe. Now, only one barrier stands in the way of their obsession with total anarchy. They are known as the Cosmic Enforcers, the Galactic Alliance's last bastion defense, and the only hope to save all that is known from the brink of madness. So that's kind of cool. It's just kind of a superhero role-playing game. So we'll check that out. Now, the Mirmanon Press core system turned into Unisystem. They, they went on to turn that into Unisystem, if I understand right, eventually. Witchcraft, um, C.J. Carella's Witchcraft, was originally a Mirmanon Press book, and then that developed into the current Witchcraft. And Is that Unisystem? I, th I think it's Unisystem. But the system is like for Buffy and those games. So... I'm pretty sure it's a Unisystem. If not, somebody can correct me. Um, so the next one is from a book from Amazon. Oh, it is a book. I just opened right up. Haunted Castles by Tony Walker. Uh, four Tales of Castles, Gothic Horror, False Wives, and Treacherous Husbands. This was on sale. It was like five bucks for the for this nice book. Uh, brand new one. Well, you know, for Ghost Tales, basically, which is kind of cool. Tony Walker has a YouTube channel and a podcast. And if you just look for like, Tony Walker, common spelling, it'll pop right up, where he reads old ghost stories and old stories 
M.R. James, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, he's read Dracula, but things are in, you know, he, he reads them. And like I say, if you look for Tony Walker YouTube, you'll find it. It's a really great channel if you, if you like to listen to somebody read the old stories. Um, okay, this one is another one that has somebody's name on it, so I'm not going to read that, but I am going to open it up, and I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to cut it, so break this. Swiss Army knife out again. There we go. These things just, I don't know how all these books just stack up, you know? Just don't get it. What is this? This, oh, this is a... By Kevin, Villains and Foes by Kevin Long. Oh, Miramadon Press, okay, that's one. So Kevin Long is the main, one of the main artists for the Palladium line. When you see art, especially the old school Palladium books, Kevin Long's typically the, the artist. And so apparently he also did some writing for Miramadon Press. Maybe that's one of the reasons those companies got along okay. Um, yeah, it's typical. The art is very reminiscent of Riff's art. Or not Riff's. Well, Riff's, but Palladium art. Um, what is this book about? This is a supplement for Cosmic Enforcers. Okay. So this is very cool. And... So we have another Palladium, or not, no, I'm sorry, another Amazon, if I can open it. No, I can't. My hands are weak. Mind is strong, hands are weak. There it goes. This is Killjoys, the complete series. Need something to read while I'm recuperating. Uh, a month of my... On my butt, well, not on my butt, probably, but a, a month laying down convalescing is going to take, you know, I'm going to be bored. So 35 hours and 35 minutes of Killjoys, which are, I mean, it's kind of like Firefly or um, Cowboy Bebop. The Killjoys are, you know, intergalactic bounty hunters. I think it's like Firefly and Cowboy Bebop where it's all in one solar system. Effectively, all the adventures are kind of in a solar system. This was a sci-fi channel series, which normally would turn me down or turn me away. But I've heard really good things about Killjoys, so I took a risk and, and ordered the complete series. Finally, we have a box from Noble Knight Games. Um, I don't think Noble Knight needs too much introduction. It's a U.S. company that sells used games. They have new games, too, but... But they really buy and sell used games as their big claim to fame. So, I am going to be selling a ton of my stuff to Noble Night Games, actually. Um, although, <laughs> I haven't yet. And if I do not wake up from the operation tomorrow, then indeed, I will be the he who dies the most toys. But I don't think I'll win. I don't think it works that way. So, but... Let's see what we have in here. We have awful big box for a book, but this book I do plan on reviewing in October. This is the original edition, the first printing. Well, our first edition, I don't know which printing it is. Let's see if it says inside. Of Little Fears, the role-playing game of childhood terror. And this is a, um, 
pretty controversial game because it doesn't shy away at all by Jason Blair. It um, you, you are playing the heroes. Ultimately, the kids are the heroes. It doesn't power the little kids, but it's a it it doesn't shy away from anything. It's a very um, takes a special group to be able to play this because of the trigger warnings and and, and people that want to be in that mindset of kids in danger, right? Not everybody wants to do that. So, yeah, 2001, I don't see a printing number, but, but like I say, this is the original edition. Um, so, there you go. Little Fears. I I will talk about this more in October. Um, yeah. So, that is my big unboxing for today. Thank you for listening. Okay, I did survive the surgery, so that's a plus. And because of that, you're going to get an extra unboxing. I have one more box that showed up, so I'll add that to this episode. So this is another package from Noble Knight Games. It is fragile, and the box is quite mangled. Thank you, Postal Service. So let's open it up and see what's in it. Okay, we, we are. this is taped, so I am using my Swiss Army knife. The Tinker model. That's my recommended model. And let's see what we get here. Let me get this tape off. I actually believe I know what's in here. And this is not Palladium stuff, believe it or not. This is another collecting addiction I have. Yep. These are Rollmaster books. So we have... Oh, we also have a couple dice in here. So I've got... Two six-sided dice, they're actually numbered 6 through 12. <laughs> I, did, I don't own any of these, and I don't know how often I'd use them, but, you know, why not? Because I had to fill out the order to hit $149 to be free shipping. But And these are really big dice. They're, um, I don't have a ruler handy, but they're the, the size of one of my, you know, from knuckle to knuckle on my finger, one of the segments of my finger. They're, they're pretty big, but dice. Um, oh, here it is. They're 20 millimeter dice. So they're not quite that big because I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I have little hands. But anyway, they're 20 millimeter dice. Pretty cool. And then I have three 16 millimeter dice that are D3s, which are D6s that have one to three on them twice. I have some other D6s like this, but, you know, I had to pad the order out. Okay, so these are three Rollmaster books from Noble Knight Games. We, first up, we have Shades of Darkness. Shades of Darkness is a genre book for Rollmaster. And I'll read you the, the blurb here. In the not-too-distant future, technology has spawned a darkness no one knew could even exist. The darkness swept like a tide, tidal flow across the earth, threatening to make mankind just another extinct species. The night fell upon man, and then came the taint. But from Earth's own shadowy corners arose a savior in the form of a dark angel. Ever seeking to survive, mankind chose the lesser two dark paths. Now the human race simply struggles to live from day to day, torn between two evils, torn between two shades of darkness. So it sounded kind of interesting. It's kind of, I, I don't know, I, I haven't read this yet. I don't know, I've never played in this setting, but it's one of those kind of modern day settings where, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll have to check it out and do a review of it on the show. The next one I have is another one I've never owned, the Oriental Companion for Eastern material for Rollmaster's 
classic fantasy role-playing game system. So we'll see. This has key powers and I think it's like a ninja and samurai and all that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see how, how that is. Hard to, we'll see how it aged. Um, hard to say. Now, these are the you know original books from back in the day, so obviously it's not going to have modern sensibilities in there, but we'll see. But we'll see how it works. Um, this is actually, a, they say it's an ideal supplement for one of the cultures in Shadow World. Shadow World being the, you know, the house setting for Rollmaster that I see did. The last one is Time Riders. And this is for Rollmaster and Space Master. And what Time Riders is, is for time travel stuff, right? Welcome to Time Stream. Um, Got a bag of fresh dinosaur eggs to sell or Dead Sea Scroll originals? How about an analog Masters of the Beatles first platinum album? It's a good day's work for an ambitious free timer. Too bad there's a crack team of timekeeper agents hot on your trail and looking to put an end to your lucrative antique trade. And here they come. It's time to hop aboard your Anderson special, charge up the Holmes field, and clock out at Mach 2 in 2,000 years per hour. Time Riders takes you on an incredible journey through space and time where eccentric time travelers and haughty time patrollers cross paths from the Big Bang to the end of the universe. In Time Riders, you can travel anywhere and any when. As a contemporary free timer, futuristic technophile, or prehistoric time pirate. Hey, see pirates. You even get you can even take on the role of temporal magician traveling out of the mists of legend and myth. Game Masters will find plenty of information on the nature of time travel and the phenomena it spawns. Time Riders is full of practical and entertaining information on paradoxes, predestination, time locks, fading, loops, and other unique time effects. So, very cool. GURPS definitely has awesome uh, supplement books, but I've found over the years the Rollmaster books are also really good. You know, I've got like the Pirates and the Vikings and I've got a bunch of them, and uh, the Robin Hood. The Rollmaster supplement books tend to be really good, so I have high hopes for this. But, yeah, that's the end of this unboxing. So thank you for joining me for it. Okay, folks, that's the show. Thank you for tuning in. I want to thank the callers. I want to thank Carl one more time for sponsoring the contest. Very much appreciated. I want to thank Ray Otis for the coffee cup clip art. Even though this month we're using the breast cancer awareness tag, it is breast cancer awareness you know, please, folks, don't put off getting your cancer tests. Very, very important thing. Um, I want to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in, because without you guys listening and your feedback, then I would just be talking to myself, which my wife says I do anyway. I don't know. I, I say I talk to the dogs, but that doesn't always work if they're not around. Anyhow, take care of yourselves. I will see you soon, and be excellent to one another.
Which is pretty sure he took a pretty head And the only question left is if I fail to see him dead Bring on the glow, bring on the glow I want some more, bring on the glow Well, the butcher is a dustman and your is by a tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away 